know who I want to be my son-in-law. I know who I want my son to be. I want him to be men and men of God who will seek the will of God, who will pray, who will fast on behalf of their families. And so it is a blessing. It's not to be taken lightly. And you know, sometimes we can get familiar with people. We may not see the power of God at work in their lives, but I'm telling you, that's powerful. That is powerful to know that our brothers are concerned enough for each other and know that the only thing that's gonna make their lives better is the word they're sharing that word you're now in tune to the heaven bound broadcast with pastor richard d dobbs of overcomers christian center in villarica georgia now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of god turn to verse 50 matthew chapter 12 and we will be focusing in on verse 50. for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And we want to just take this time, as Pastor mentioned, it's, it's the beginning of family week, but every so often we just like to come together and just minister to families. And so our topic today is a family who does the will of the Father. A family who does the will of the Father. And how many of you know that the, the, the natural Father is very, very important, if you will, and the mother to hold in that family together. It is it's, it's a, a very much so a joint effort, if you will, um, when it comes to um, raising children, when it comes to navigating through life, it is it's very much so uh, a collective effort um, for families to work together, to seek God together, and to do the will of the Father. And so as I mentioned earlier about Father's Day, uh, it's our time to honor fathers. And Father's Day in itself was created to honor the male parent, the father figures, the paternal bonds, by appreciating all that they do. And I know I don't say it enough to him and I don't say it enough to the brothers, but we appreciate you and we honor you, we esteem you highly, we respect what you do. Um, just the mere fact that you continue to go on day by day. Whether you're encouraged or not, you continue to go on, you continue to press, you continue to be a source of strength for us, and, and we honor you. And we, we've set aside this day, we know on the calendar to honor you, but we honor you for the word's sake. Exodus 20 and 12, I want you all to turn there, Pastor, if you would, if you would just read that about honoring. It says, honor your father and your mother. Exodus 20 and 12. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you want your days to be long, the Bible says that we need to honor or put in high regard and also respect your father and your mother that your days may be long or lengthen. In other words, it seems like to me you can shorten them if you don't honor or put in high regard and respect your mother and your father. We honor them regardless of things that go on around us because God's word tells us to do so. I don't do it based on my feelings, what I think, and so forth. I do it because the scripture inspires us and tells us to do such things because it's a promise. The promise says, I'm going to lengthen my days. And I know I need to lengthen my days. We also see the importance and the benefits of fathers in a children's life according to Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20 through 22. So if you got, you have your Bible, I know you do, go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 through 22. 
And while you're turning there, think about this. Fathers have an important role in teaching their children the commands of God, especially when it comes to dealing with life. It's nothing like having an anointed, Holy Spirit-filled Holy Spirit filled father to help you navigate through life. Not based on what they think, but based on the word of God. That's for fathers play an important role in teaching their children the word of God. So in turn, we all can be encouraged in the word of God. We, we can live by the word of God. And I, I know it's an awesome responsibility, but let me say this to you. I appreciate the responsibility that the Lord has placed on us to teach our sons and daughters the scriptures. So in turn, they can take the word and apply it in their everyday life. And as we continue to learn the word of God, and we continue to do the word of God, we're not trying to do what the world suggests that we do. We're trying to do what the Bible says that we should do. Amen. Proverbs um, chapter 6, verses 20, and I'm going to go ahead and read 20 through 22, and we'll talk a little bit about each one. But it says, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. And looking at the, the verse 20, it says, my son, uh, I want you to observe, I want you to guard and protect the commands, in other words, the commandments of God. And so the whole fact that the Proverbs writer suggests that you observe to keep them, that lets me know that something will try and come away to take them away. That lets me know that I have to be on guard. I have to look for something and anticipate the fact that whether it's trials or tribulations, whether it's worry, whether it's the enemy, whether it's habits, whatever it is, it's going to try and take away the commands of God from my life. But the Proverbs writer, he warned the son, he says, I want you to keep your father's commands and do not forsake the law of your mother. In other words, don't let go of your mother's instructions. How many of you know that the older we get, the more we can appreciate our mother's instructions? We, we may not have understood them right then, and we really didn't want to hear them because we thought mama didn't right, quite understand but the older we get and the way life tends to, to lead us, we've learned to appreciate our mother's instruction. But the Proverbs writer, he didn't stop there. Uh, Pastor, you want to talk to us a little bit about verse 21? Again, notice what 20 says to get to 21. The father's given us God's commands. The mother is giving us the law or the instructions or instructions are the directions that come from God. So once we receive the Father's commands and the instructions that come from the mother, we need to take those and bind them continually upon our heart. Bind. That means that we, we join with them, we take what's being said, and we bind them continually because it's a constant thing. It's not just one instruction, it's a continual construction that you get from your father. It's continuous construction you get from your mother that comes from God. Therefore, it's important that the mother and fathers in the house of God to receive instructions from God, commands from God, then they take those and bind them, then they take them and share them with the children. Share them with the family. Share them with their loved ones and so forth. Because we're binding upon our heart, our inner man, our thinking, our emotions, our appetites, our moral character. And can you see how the word of God will continue to change us if we continue to bind them on our hearts? You can see how you'll, you start thinking and talking and conducting your life differently when the word of God is the, your influencer, the one that influenced you to do what thus saith the Lord. And as you do that, notice what happens in Proverbs 6 and 22. I like 6 and 22 because the Proverbs writer suggests that this probably is going to happen. He says, when you roam, in other words, when you stray, when you start to wander off the path, when you start to walk away from the things you know to do right, 
but you choose to do something else. He lets us know that the commands of God and the instructions of your father, he says they will lead you, and when you sleep, they will keep you, and when you are awake, they will speak to you. So in other words, when I, when I start trying to do my own thing, how many of y'all have ever tried to do your own thing? Y'all, come on now, be, come on now, be honest. Whenever I try to do my own thing, I know that there's something on the inside of me that my, my father has taught me or that my mother has taught me that is going to, is going to lead me, is going to guide me, is going to govern me. And how many of you know when something isn't governed, it's out of control? Yeah, yeah, you got to govern things. Right? You got to govern your appetite. You got to govern your emotions. You got to govern your feelings because if not, they'll get out of control. And when they get out of control, guess who else gets out of control? We get out of control. But he says when you roam, they will lead you. And when you sleep, isn't it amazing how the word works even when we're asleep? Isn't it amazing how the word orchestrates things in our lives, even when we're asleep? How blessings are open, doors are open, doors are closed. How angels minister to us, even when we are asleep. But when we speak, oh, my, 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 my. When we're awake, that word will talk to us. It'll talk to us. It'll strengthen us. And it'll say, girl, you better get up and encourage yourself. It'll say, the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. That word will begin to speak to us. It will begin to talk to us. And again, it, it encourages us. It gives us guidance. It gives us direction. And when you are awake, it will speak to you. It will commune with you. It will converse with you. How I many you know we need the word to converse with us? We need the Lord to talk to us according to his word. Because it is his word that has the effect on our lives and makes us better. And one of the things I like to think about, those instructions that we get and those commands we're getting, they're for different stages of life. Mm. I love that, that God has a word for us depending on what stage of life that we're in. I, I, thought, I think about this. Sometimes I, I told my son something different when he was in the younger stages. And then as he got older, I started telling him other things that were a little bit different. For example, I, told, I tell him now, hey, them bills are yours now. Right, right. Them bills are yours now. You know, they got your name on it. I know you treat things a little bit different when your name is on the bill than when I. I try, I try, I try to get on a cell phone bill, right? The phone playing right now. No, no, I can't let you know my cell phone plan. I carried you. <laughs> it is right. But we got another child. She might let us. No, let's keep the stand the word. <laughs> we, we let's move on then. <laughs> but the challenge is getting the word in us and getting that same word to flow out of us. And when we do, yeah, I think it builds confidence. It builds boldness and assurance despite what we deal with in life. Many of us have been working the word so long, we know the word works. We know the word works. We just continue to work it as it works on us and works in us and through us. Therefore, spiritual and natural thoughts have a significant role in creating the atmosphere or positioning us so that we can get that word in us, in our families, in our children. We, we need to position ourselves. Listen, if I don't know it, I need to be in an atmosphere where, hey, yeah, you heard, I know the Lord makes sure that you heard that day. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you, you heard the Bible says men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. Mm, you heard that don't get weary and well-doing for come you on. should reap if you faint not. You heard you got to love those despite, the, that spitefully use you. You heard that. So somebody's going to try to misuse you, but you can't retaliate like you want to. Mm. You can't be talking about what the, what the folks talk about on the street. You got to follow what the Bible says. And even when you mess up, you learn how to repent. You know, one thing that David taught his children is how to repent. Because David repented hard. When he got caught, he repented. But that set an example for his children. And we had to learn how to set the proper biblical example for our children. And you know what's the blessing? And I, I again, I just say the men of OCC, because I, I observe from a distance, but it is a blessing to, to hear conversations of, hey, we're sharing a text today on the group me. That's powerful. 
Because I know that somebody else is getting a chance to get a test. I may not see them in the service, but I know that the men are focusing on getting the word to each other. Or to know that they're, they're praying together, or they're fasting together, or they're encouraging, they're helping out. That's a blessing. And it's not to be taken lightly. Because not every man is seeking, come on now, is seeking to be a part of godly men, God-fearing men that want to do the will of God. Everybody's not seeking that. But I know who I want to be my son-in-law. I know who I want my son to be. I want him to be men and men of God who will seek the will of God, who will pray, who will fast on behalf of their families. And so it is a blessing. It's not to be taken lightly. And You know, sometimes we can get familiar with people. We may not see the power of God at work in their lives, but I'm telling you, that's powerful. That is powerful to know that our brothers are concerned enough for each other and know that the only thing that's going to make their lives better is the word. They're sharing that word. They're encouraging each other. They're strengthening each other. Kudos to the men of OCC. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. We don't take that lightly. That's the group you want to be a part of. That's, that's, that's that group. And I'm grateful for the men's ministry as well. Because it's not just Pastor Dobb sharing scripture, but it is other men who are sharing a word that inspires them, a word that the Lord laid upon their heart. And be honest with you, I'd be like, ooh, that's a good word right there. That's ooh, good. I needed that right there. And it's like, well, Pastor Dobb, you need the word? Yes, I need the word. I need the scripture. So I, I, I love it when a brother is inspired by God to share a word. They may think it, nobody's listening to it. It's not making an impact. But let me say, tell you one person is making an impact on. That's good. That's good. And I know there's other men is making an impact on. They talk about how it's a, that's a good word right there. Thank you so much for sharing that word. And as we continue to share the word, we had a powerful uh, time together where we fasted and prayed during this last prayer and fasting revival. And we may not have been on everybody's timetable, but we was on the one that I believe that the Lord used us to destroy yokes and remove burdens in some brother's life. And, I, and let me say this to you. I believe it happened too. Right. I believe it happened. Well, Pastor, did you see him? No, I just believe I walk by faith and not by. That's Thank right. y'all about 4A, man. Let me try that again. Well, I walk by faith and not by what? Sight. We have to believe what the scripture says. <laughs> That the That's word right. is working despite what we see. There's been some yokes broken in some brothers' life. They're riding down the road. Don't even know why it's broken yet. Why? Because some brothers fasted and prayed for them. That's Some right. brothers fasted and prayed for them. And you it's know, Pastor, I'm so sorry, but I just want to say, and some sisters' lives, too. We're impacted. We, we, are, we are better because of you. Just know that. It's not just the brothers, but we are better because of your covering. We are better because of your desire to please God. So I, I just want to add that in. We're being blessed as well. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man of OCC, we love and appreciate you. Let me say that openly and publicly. God has called you to a great work as a father, but he has given us the best example. Mm -hmm. The best example I know is a father here on earth in heaven. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. We serve a heavenly father who is perfect. Mm. Perfect. That's right. Nothing missing complete. He's not flawed. You can't right. find a flaw in him. That's right. He does everything right. He has every answer that you need. That's right. Nobody can provide like Jesus. Mm. Nobody can protect you like Jesus. That's right. Nobody can put a, you talking about put a roof over your head? Can't nobody do it like Jesus. Mm. Oh, I'm talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as a father, listen, as a father, I can say this without a shadow of a doubt. If Jesus wouldn't have helped me, -wee, Thank you, Lord. gave me strength in order to do what I do, I wouldn't be here today. Amen. He can supply every need. Amen. He is the ultimate father. Amen. And you know, when we think about our heavenly father, because... You know, some of us, many of us, have had different experiences with our father. Even if our father was in the household, it may not have been the best relationship. Even though our father may have been out of the household for whatever reason, be it death, be it divorce, or whatever the reason is, 
But we know that we have a heavenly father mm -mm -mm, who has already made a provision for our lives. And one thing we have to know about our, our heavenly father is that he's faithful. He is one that we can rely on. He is one that we can trust. Our heavenly father completes us. Let's go to Matthew 5 and 48. We're going to, to read in the scriptures, Matthew 5 and 48, because we have to know that we may come in broken and we may come in hurt. And sometimes that hurt are things that we've done it to our own selves. But it doesn't matter because our God has committed to completing us. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48, it says, Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. In other words, you shall be made complete. You shall be mature. You shall, he shall finish what he began on the inside of you. And he compares it to just as your Father, God the Father, Jesus Christ, in heaven is perfect. And we know that we serve a God, as Pastor mentioned, there is no flaws, there's nothing missing, nothing broken, no, no mistakes made by him. He has everything that we need. And when we get his word on the inside of us, we will see him completing us. We will see where the word bridges that gap. We will see that we are growing in our faith, where our confidence is growing, our, our boldness is growing, our, our assurance to rely on him. I don't know how it's going to work out, God, but I know that my heavenly father has said he's going to complete me. I'm hurting now, God. I, I, I'm disappointed now, God. I feel, I feel abused. I feel misused. I feel misunderstood. But it doesn't matter because according to Matthew 5 and 48, the Lord has promised that he is going to perfect us. He's going to complete us. He's going to finish the work. He that began a work is faithful to complete that work on the inside of us. So as he's completing, I start to change. Oh, yeah. I start to look different. I start to talk differently. I start to act differently. I start to, I should start to look like the one who's changing me. I should start to look like the one who's, uh, y'all probably grew up in the time I did, but there used to be a judge who said if you feed them long enough, they start to look like Come on now. Y'all probably know nothing about Come that. I'm sorry, now, that's Pastor. old school right there. That's old that's school. That's the old school. But let, let, let me say this to you right here. The more he feeds you, the heavenly Ooh, father, come on. the more he start, you start to look like him. Mm. The more you start to sound like him. Mm. The more you start to have character like him. Now, that natural stuff, well, you know, it's natural sayings. But the spiritual saying, oh, y'all know that's right right there. That's right right there. Mm. Right right there. Now, I know I... I People say that you got that dog's head, you start, you look like a dog, you Come act on. like a dog, and so forth. They see my children, they say, you know, you like your daddy. And I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> and amen. Uh, we, we start to see things, you know, you start, when I open my mouth sometimes, they, you start to sound like them. We make decisions, we start making decisions of life. Mm -hmm. How much more is a testimony if we follow this verse for it to manifest in us? That the more I get into the word of God, that the more I start thinking about the word of God, meditate on his word day and night, the more I start studying to show myself approved unto God, a workman need not be ashamed rightly divine the word of truth. The more I meditate on the scripture day and night, the more I start to look like my heavenly father. That's good. I start, That's to, good. Look, I, I start to look like him. Let me tell you one quick example before I move further, though. Moses went up into the mountain with God, and he spent so much time with the Bible says that the glory, he had to put a veil over his face because of the glory of God that shone upon him. Because why? He spent so much time in the presence of God. Oh, good God Almighty. They had to put a veil over his face because he was just so full of God's glory. Can I imagine today if we would spend time in the presence of God that people can look at you and say, oh, there's some light shining right there. There's some light shining right there. That, that must be not their light, but they got the reflection going on. They're spending time with the Heavenly Father. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I like 
the five and four and eight because it says that you shall be. In other words, it, it, it connotes there's going to be a process. And, and sometimes we, we don't really like going through the process. But tell your neighbor, the process is necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The process is necessary. And, and the process will work things in us. It will work things out of us. It will show us who God really is, even at those most unfavorable times. See, the process, it will cause us to mature. It will cause us to apply the word when we really don't feel like applying the word. It will cause us to, to trust God when we really don't want to trust God. We want to fix it our own way. And we know in families, we have to be real careful because we like to fix the problem when sometimes we just got to trust God that God has already taken care of. You know how it is. We want to we wanna fix it. We want to we wanna rescue. We want to we wanna make sure that our children don't experience various things. But sometimes we just got to trust the process. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Trust the process. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, we have to know that the Bible says that, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So one thing about our Heavenly Father is that he promised to complete us. And, and as he completes us, mm. he perfects us and matures us, he also sees what we need. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, I, I'm, I'm perfecting this person right here. Okay, they need something right there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to meet the need. Mm. I'm going to meet the need, Matthew 6 and 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Before you ask him. The father knows. He understands and perceives. How does he know? Because he knows us. Thank you, father. He spends time with us. He has a relationship with us. He knows everything. You know one thing? You know sometimes as, you, as a parent, you can look at your child, and before they even know they have a need, you know the need going to come up before come they on, even... Now. Come on, every good parent. If you pay attention, you should know. That child going to be hungry here in a little while because all they do is eating candy. All... I'm sorry. I... You know after a while, you know what's going to happen, don't you? They eat candy. Let me go ahead and get them relaxed because you know what's going to happen, don't you? Not a whole lot. Can we, we just understand. say they're going to need some money? They're going to need money. They're going to need money. <laughs> Because if they ride in that car long enough, they're going to need some gas in that car, right? We, we anticipate the need. We anticipate the need. And even when our kids grow up, we anticipate, oh, they're going to need to figure out how to man manage their money because they're going to run out. They thought it was endless when it was coming out of our checkbook. But now they realize that, oh, no, 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 they need to know how to manage money. They need that. And you're right, our Heavenly Father, he knows us. He knows what we need even before we anticipate that. In this particular scripture, Jesus was teaching on prayer and how we should pray, not for sure, but from a sincere heart. I want you to notice that the, the love and the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father in Matthew 6 and 8, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the needs you, excuse me, the things you need before you ask him. Now, it doesn't mean you don't ask him, but he knows you need it. So when you ask him for what you need, you come in agreement. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. And whatever you, are y'all seeing, seeing the correlation there? Are y'all seeing how he works his word in us and through us? And start, you start thinking like him. And, and one thing I've learned as you grow in Christ, you learn how to ask God for what aligns with his word. That's good. You learn how. Because, you know, it, you can't be like the, the sons, the two sons that went to Jesus. Uh, excuse me, the, the mother that went to Jesus. Hey, can one of my sons sit on your right hand and the other one sit on your left hand? You learn, they, you don't know what you're asking for. But you start asking God for stuff that is in line with the will of God. And that is so important that we ask what's in line with with the will of God. Well, it's kind of like our natural children. Our, we know when our children ask things that we know that's not going to hurt them. And we know if our seven-year-old is asking for the keys to our car, that's not a good idea. 
So they may think they can drive. They may see mom and daddy drive. They may say, oh, I, I want to drive, but we know that that's not appropriate for them. How much more do our Heavenly Father knows what we need? Uh, and he promises, come on now, and the next part of him being a good example, he promises to meet our needs. Let's look at Philippians 4 and 19. So he completes us, he knows what our needs are, and he promises to meet our needs. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So in other words, the Lord has says, I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to furnish everything you need. I know, I know you, you got some financial needs going on. You got some relationship needs. You got needs in your body. I know, I understand. I know you got needs at your job. I, I realize that you got, you got needs going on in your family. I realize that. But you know what I've already promised according to Philippians 4 and 19? I shall supply every one of those needs. And sometimes we can get busy trying to meet the need. Mm, we ever done that in our family? We want to meet the need. And God said, no, I already told you that I'm going to supply a need. And, and at times when I try to meet the need, I create a bigger need. Mm, mm, mm. When I try to meet the need, I create a bigger need. I may want to rescue you financially, but I'm creating a bigger need somewhere else. Any, any family's ever been in that situation? We want to come for the rescue, but then there's a lack. When he says, mm -mm, I, I'm going to supply all your need, not just some of them, according to his riches and glory. In other words, God has resources. He has power. He has, uh, uh, ex, ex, I guess, if, if, eternal resources, if you will, to meet our need. He's not limited to what we see, but God has an unlimited supply. He said he would give us, he would uh, cause the, the wealth of the sinners to be turned over to the just. That's going to meet somebody's need. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Lord knows our needs. He does. And he promises to supply our need. Whether it's relationships, financial need, self-esteem need, emotional needs, mm -hmm. physical needs, spiritual needs. Whatever the need is, God can meet it. Mm. And let me say this. There is not one need God cannot meet. Whether he meets it directly or indirectly, mm -hmm. he's going to meet the need. I appreciate that about God because he does according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That means he'll never run out. He will always have the necessary resources for what I need. And let me say this. He knows when to meet it and how to meet it. Mm -hmm. And he got the right proper timing, too. Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I think it's a need, and I want it met yesterday. Mm -hmm. But God says, hold on. You, what you think is a need, come on, come on, dog. You know about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm trying to mature God, but I want my need met right now. Y'all ain't never been in that baby syndrome, have you? God, 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 God. I'm sorry, that didn't mean probably do. Listen, this year, 2023, I've had that type of situation. I didn't think God moved fast enough for me. I didn't think God moved fast enough for me, but evidently he was on his, his right timetable. And I learned through the process that he is still meeting needs because why? He knows me. Even before I ask, he does that. And you know what's so powerful as we've been teaching on prayer and just meditating on what prayer is? It's we're communicating with God, but we're involving God into our situation. He knows our needs. He knows even before we ask, but he's a gentleman, if you will. We invite him in when we pray, and we trust him that we, when I ask him, I have confidence that he's going to respond to my prayer. Now, sometimes he meets our need by sending us a word. And that word is, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Sometimes he meet our need by telling us uh, instruction. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run it over. Sometimes he meet our needs in very various ways. He may not come and give us a bag of money, but he may give us instructions to how to get the money. How I many you know, if you get a bag of money, that, that bag might run out. But if you tell me how to get the bag of money, the money will always be there. 
So when he says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, press down, shake it together, run it over, shall men give unto your bosom, that doesn't mean that it's going to stop. It's, a one, it's one transaction. That means that as I learn to give more, I'm going to get more. That means that he's already instructing me, and you can give the dogs now. Now you know he'll give them. I, you don't even got to worry about it. And you said, but I don't even know you. He said, well, you ain't got to know me. I got instruction. I'm going to bless you. Isn't that something? I got instruction. I'm going I'm to repair your car free. I got instruction. I'm going to pay your house off. I got instruction. I got instruction. I got instruction. I'm going to buy you groceries. I got instruction. And you said, but, 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 he, no, but remember, you gave. Come on. You got that word. The family was blessed because of our obedience. I like what you said there because you, it was according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And to the will of God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your opinion, it wasn't what you thought, and so forth. So therefore, it brings us to today's text. Remember our main text for today, Matthew 12 and 50. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother mm-hmm. and sister and mother. But before we go there, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. Tell you what, we're going to read that. 46 through 50, and then come back and talk about it. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 through 50. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers. And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew 12, 46. Let's start there. Why he was still talking. So notice this. Think about this for a moment. Jesus is talking to the multitudes or a crowd. He's talking. Let's say me and you here talking. We're here talking. Uh, use a vivid imagination. I'm Jesus talking to y'all. All of a sudden, outside that door stands Jesus' mother and Jesus' brothers. And he, they, they want to speak with him. So they standing outside. You don't want to run to the door, y'all, don't you? He's running to the door. Got to run to the door. He's running to the door. Ooh, Jesus. nice of him. I'm sorry. He's peeping behind the door, sisters. He, he, G, he G, now I don't know why they don't come in, but they outside the door. Jesus up there talking to the multitude. So here, he, think about it. This is mother and his brothers. They're standing outside the door. He said, can I speak to Jesus? Think about that for a moment. Now. Right. And depending on what Jesus was talking about, because he might have been doing a little teaching and a little preaching. He, we don't know exactly what the conversation was, but we know that the Bible said he was talking, and he was talking to the crowd. And what happened and, next? And, and, and so if we read in verse 47, then one said to him, look, your mother and your brother are standing outside seeking to speak to you. In other words, they're desiring of you, Jesus. They're inquiring of you. I know you over here teaching and preaching and talking, but your mother and your brother is outside trying to get your attention. So I'm the person out here. I'm saying, hey, Jesus, 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 your mama, your mama, and your brothers out there, they want to talk to you. They want to talk to you. I don't know if that's a good idea, though. Let's see what happened in the scripture. Because if you read on down in verse 48, they done got Jesus started. And he, he, he going from talking to them, he about to respond to this person over here. But he answered and said to the one, the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Now, see, now I don't know what that brother was thinking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to call Jesus out, act like he was ignoring his mama and his dad. I, I mean, his brother. I don't know what he was thinking. But his response was, Jesus answered with a question. Now, you know Jesus knew the answers, but he asked him a question. And, you know, sometimes God will ask us questions 
not to just give us an answer, but to make us think. Because the whole dynamic started to change. He yelled out, he says, they trying, to, they trying to get your attention. And so Jesus, now he has to stop what he's doing. You know, I have to stop sometimes when our family call us to do stuff. You know, it's urgent to them. It may not be urgent to us, but it's, you know, so I'm just saying, we got to stop. So we got to stop what he's doing. He's responding over here to this person, and he responds with a question, a loaded question. He said, who, <laughs> who is my mother and who are my brothers? That's a good one, Pastor. That's a good one right there. Loaded question. And you know, sometimes a question reveals who we are. You, you, you know that, Pastor? He said, who, who is it? See, when people ask us questions sometimes, it shows where we are spiritually and where we are in our mature walk. Sometimes people ask us questions, and we can see, it, are we being Christ-minded or carnal-minded? Right. Are, are we being faithful or faithless? Are we really give us, or are we really waiting on to be given to? Mm. Are we praying, or have we ceased to pray? Mm. Are we yielded to leadership, or are we just on the side doing our own thing? You know, when sometimes you ask a question, you got to be careful. Because when you're raising your hand trying to get Jesus' attention, he may not respond just like you think he is going to respond. Let's look at that next part, Pastor. Because you over here, you work in this dough situation. I tell you, I, 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 I'm just honored to be by you. Holding the dough. Jesus knew who his mom and daddy was. Holding the dough. Mother and brother was. Daddy and brother going to know who his mom and daddy is. Because verse 49, and he stretched out his hand. Jesus stretched out his hand, Pastor. Go ahead and stretch it out. Who, who, who he stretched out? Toward his disciples. So he just stretched it out toward? Uh, nah, he didn't, he didn't stretch it out to his mom and his brother. He stretched it out toward his disciples. Oh. And, 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 and then what he said, load it, drop, mic drop. He says, here are my mother, come on now, and my brothers. Okay. So you were looking in the natural. What you call it? Mic drop? Mic drop. They dropped the mic, Pastor dropped the mic. Because he said, look, you worried about the wrong thing. And sometimes we be worried about the wrong thing. He said, you talking about my mother and my brother, no disrespect for them, but I'm telling you who my brothers and, and my mother is, and that's those my disciples, those that are following me, those that are hearing the teacher, those that are applying the teacher. Now, that's, it sounds like Jesus might be, you know, kind of putting his mama off a little bit, but, but really and truly, I think Jesus saw the big picture because he knew that if his mother and his brother didn't become disciples, come on now. They couldn't be a part of the heavenly family. Mm. That's, 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 that's weighted, in it? Because mm. sometimes we allow our natural situations, our natural demands, get us off the will of God. God is telling us to pray, but somebody is calling us to do this. God is telling us to get in the Word, but somebody is calling us to do this. God is telling us that we need to, to, to fast, but somebody is asking us something else. But Jesus said, no. He stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here. <laughs> Here are my mother and my brothers. And, and, and when we look on in verse 50, which brings us to our key verse today, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, mic drop again, is my brother and sister and mother. Oh my goodness. Isn't that powerful? Mm. Isn't that powerful? Puts family in perspective. Because sometimes we, we deal with a lot of things in family, but we, we need to make sure our families are disciples. We need to make sure that we're following the teachings of God. We need to make sure that we're not just coming to church, but we're hearing and applying what we hear. And we know that there are going to be some traits that's, that's very, very different for that family that, that is applying the word, that is hearing and applying God, where that's executing the plan of God. And one trait is they're going to be seeking Jesus as a priority. They're going to be seen. I didn't say they're perfect. I'm not saying they're not going to make mistakes. I'm not going to say they're not going to roam astray. But you know what a priority is going to be? It's Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things shall be added to you. I got to seek first, mm -hmm. not second, not third, not because of whatever. 
job, family, or whatever, mm -hmm. but I got to seek first the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things. God's power. God, what does God have dominion over? What is God ruling? And his righteousness. Mm -hmm. That condition that is acceptable to God. What is God approving of? When I, we, we say his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Mm -hmm. So I've got to seek God. Now notice he doesn't put a seek God first unless it's so-and-so. He said seek the kingdom first. Mm -hmm. First. First. And sometimes we are, I, I'm not saying that we, but let's say for example, there are some people that used to have a problem with seeking God first. And they'll try to bring every reason why they shouldn't seek God first. Well, you know, the world don't want you to seek God first. The world wants you to seek the highest paid job. The world wants you to seek money. The world wants you to seek possessions. The world wants you to seek things that appeals to the word that gives you status. But what the world doesn't know is God is the status. And so when we seek the kingdom of God, when That's we good. seek the royalty and the dominion of God, we have access to things that we can't get from the world. But the world knows that if I can keep you thinking a certain way that you can't get any further than what the world will give you, it limits the ability that you have to receive the things of God. But the other part of it, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I need to be approved by God. I need to seek God's approval. I need to make sure that I'm living a life that's pleasing unto him. And this truly is a family who is seeking to execute or carry out the will of God. They're going to seek God first. Mm -hmm. This family is unique. They're distinctive and they're definitely one of a kind. I like that. I like that first trait. They seek Jesus as a, as a priority. But the second one is they refuse to seek confirmation from the world but transformation from God Ooh Romans 12 and 2 and do not be conformed to this world in other words don't seek the pattern of this world because how many of you know that, that that's temporary that's not, that's, not, that's not something that's going to last but it says but be transformed in other words change into another form by the renewing of your mind and, and we have to understand that our mind has to be renewed. Our mind, it's like a renovation project. If you're looking in the city of Villarica, it's a lot of renewing and renovation, tearing down, moving out, big machinery work. You know why? Because something new is coming. And we have to allow the Lord to tear down and move out. And sometimes we got to get a big word, a big heavy word, to get some old stuff that is in our mind, even about our families, about our children, about our finances. We have to renew our mind. It says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the second trait of that family who's executing the will of God is that we refuse to seek confirmation from the world, but transformation from God. What's that trait number three, Pastor? Trait number three is from a distinct family who executes the will of the Father is allowing his mind to become their mind. That's their daily goal. Allowing his mind to become their mind. We're going to do this on a daily basis. Philippians chapter two, verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If I want my family to be this family, I want to allow the mind of Christ to operate inside of me. Mm -hmm. okay, I need to allow the mind of Christ. I want my family to have the mind of Christ in their life. Mm -hmm. I want my family to have his understanding, his opinion, his judgments, his way of doing things. I want that to be a part of my family's life. If I'm going to execute the will of God, I've got to know the will of God. I've got to know the will of God in order to carry out the will of God. I've got to understand that this is a unique situation. It's one of a kind. I've got to do it the way he wants it done. I've got to do it the way he wants it done. 
And in our close, we, we really do believe that the Lord desires families who are loyal to carrying out his will. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be true. And, and you know, it's, it's important that we come to church to receive the word, but it's really important that church gets in us. It's important that we have that word operating in us when we leave the church building, when we leave the presences of other believers, because God desires for us to execute his will. He wants us, he wants to see his will being manifested in our lives. And there's one thing about strong families. Tell us about strong families. What happens when we have strong, strong families? Strong God-fearing families, they're going to build, put together, and strengthen. When, they, when the families are strong, they're going to put together and build. They're going to build churches. They're going to build communities. They're going to build schools. They're going to build governments. When the word of God is actively operating in their lives, you want that person over the school board. You want that person to be right. senator so-and-so. You want that person uh, over your church. You want that person in your family. You want these type of individuals in our communities making an impact for the kingdom of God. And not only that, you want them to help other people get into the family as well. That's good. Because their light goes shine, and it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. Hey, that person's different right there. That's good. They're distinct. They're unique and so forth. That's good, Pastor. Families. Families that will do the will of God. We just want to execute. We're not perfect. We got our issues. We got our family drama. But one thing you can say about us is our desire is to do the will of God. God bless y'all. We love y'all. We pray that the word has been a benefit and a blessing to you on today. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.